0: Turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, chapter number twenty-four. Second Chronicles, chapter number twenty-four. And if you recall, uh, we were in this same chapter last Sunday morning, and our text actually picks up this morning, uh, right after our text uh, from last week. We'll begin reading in uh, verse number uh, seventeen is where we'll begin reading. Uh, this morning, and uh, I mentioned last Sunday morning that I'll probably bring a couple of messages uh, centered around this story. And so uh, I'll preach one uh, this morning that the Lord has put on my heart. But we'll begin reading in verse number 17 of Second Chronicles chapter number 24. The Bible says, now after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them. And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this, their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to to them to bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, The Lord look upon it and require it. A passage of scripture where there is many sermons that could be preached from this passage of Scripture. But I want to draw uh, your attention to verse number 22. Thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him. This morning I want to speak on this subject, the bad attitude of ingratitude. The bad attitude of ingratitude. This morning I'm going to preach on a subject that God takes very seriously. I'll say it like this, God takes it a whole lot more seriously than you and I take it. Uh, we categorize sins, and usually the worst sins are the ones we're not guilty of. Usually the ones that need to be preached on are the ones that somebody else is doing. But I'm telling you this morning, and we're gonna see from this passage of scripture, that God takes ingratitude very, very seriously. Often we'll say uh, but somebody's got a, a, a rebellious attitude, they've got a bad attitude, and that would be true. But friend, let me ask you, do you have an attitude of ingratitude? What's a bad attitude? I'm going to preach on that subject this morning. Father, I pray that uh, you'll help us as we look into the Word of God. May the Holy Spirit of God work in our midst this morning. May He convict hearts. Uh, Father, there's one here unsaved. May they uh, realize their need of salvation. And may they trust Christ this morning. Uh, we thank you for what you've already done in the service this morning through the fellowship, uh, through the singing of hymns, the special music. But Father, we need you this morning during this time. We need the Word of God uh, to burn in our hearts this morning. We need the Holy Spirit of God uh, to work in our lives this morning. And may we surrender to your will today, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pioneers leave their land or they leave their comforts of home and they carve out a new beginning of a new nation. From the establishment of a nation, each generation sheds blood for its freedom, uh, for its uh, right to exist. One generation sheds this blood and the next generation ignores the sacrifice uh, that was made so that they could have the things that they have. The same could be said, and is true in churches. You have a generation that sacrifices to build something out of nothing for the honor of God. Instead of taking nights off, they labor on those off nights to build something so that others might be helped by the gospel. Uh, they forego newer vehicles, and they give up, sometimes a vacation, so that they can give more to the work of God. Then once God blesses and establishes a work, a next generation receives what is handed to them. And what is often played out in church after church, this generation that has not sacrificed, uh, they have not put in the work, they have not put in the effort, they just believe that, it ought to happen because it's all they've ever known this generation they they think if the if, if they're asked to uh, give an a special offering they're asked to make some sacrifices well then the pastors just going a little bit too far uh, this is, is we're requiring a little too much of us to uh, sacrifice some time you take it in the life of a Christian you take a young man you take a young lady who is Reared in a Christian home. And what a privilege that is to be reared in a Christian home. The parents make sacrifices to pay for camps and activities in a Christian education. Or, or, or in the life of a Christian, there's a Sunday school teacher or a youth worker or uh, somebody who just decides that they're gonna they're gonna fill a void in the life of a new Christian, or somebody who's trying to just put their life back together. Or maybe it's this scene that plays out, a pastor who labors in study and prayer, intercedes on their behalf, visits them in the hospital, stands against the evil of that day, spends hours in counseling. And then in these scenarios, a Christian feels... Justified and just walking away from the place and the people who have invested in their life. How can this be true in a nation? How can a nation ignore the investment, ignore the things that were sacrificed so that freedoms can be enjoyed? I'll tell you how it can happen. It's a bad attitude of ingratitude. How can a how can it happen in churches and it and it this scene that I described this morning plays out over and over again? How can a generation who has had another generation fight battles for them and pay a price and work hard and, and put aside their own ambition to carve out a work for God and then how can they say, well, we, we don't want the, the Bible that that generation had or, or we don't want to pay the same price uh, that that, that the older generation has paid and so that we can have the things that we have. And maybe it's just naivety to think that it has always been this way. And uh, for me to sacrifice now, and I just don't want to give that way and I don't want to make that commitment. How in the world can that happen to let the things that have been fought for and worked so hard fall by the wayside? I'll tell you how it happens, it's the bad attitude of ingratitude. How can a Christian walk away from a mom and dad who sacrifice, who if nothing else just made sure they were in church on Sunday, if nothing else just made sure they had a home and opportunity that they might achieve things for the Lord that They never had an opportunity to achieve. How does a Christian who who first finds salvation at the church house and enjoys the investment of others and and reach the benefits of of a faithful man of God who preaches the word of God and and prays for them and intercedes for them. How can a, a family, how can a couple... Uh, who, who, spend, who the pastor spends hour after hour counseling in their marriage and in their home, uh, only walk away from the things in those who've invested in them. I'll tell you how it happens. It's the bad attitude of ingratitude. See, ingratitude is worse than we think it is. Ingratitude is taken very seriously. By our God. Oh, I'll tell you why we ought to stay true as a nation and stay in the same direction. It doesn't matter what year, what millennium it is. Because uh, there are some who shed their blood so that America could be how America is. And to go away from that and to not stand for that and fight for that is, is, is just to be ungrateful. The same is true in our belief as a church. In our life as a Christian, to say. No matter what excuses we give, well, I just, I just don't think I want to be faithful to the house of God anymore, and I don't, I don't want to stay uh, the way that I was reared and and keep those same truths and walk that same line, and, and 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 we use all these excuses in the world, and we want to point a finger at all the wrong people when we just aren't grateful for the sacrifice, we aren't grateful for the opportunities, we're not grateful for those who've invested in us. We can call it what we want to call it, but in our nation today, we have a generation that's ungrateful, and our churches are filled. This church is quite the exception, but I I want to put us on notice of how serious God takes the attitude of ingratitude this morning. All over our country, our churches where the gray heads are still there and the gray heads have built the work but those that have come behind they don't want to make the sacrifice they don't want to make the commitment and, and let's just call it what it is it's ingratitude. they've had opportunities that others did not have and for Christians to walk away from the very people without even giving a sense of responsibility without even giving a hearing of those who have created them. Why would that happen? It's the bad attitude of ingratitude. We find it. It's not new. We find it in our text this morning. We find, if you recall, I mentioned it in in the message last Sunday morning, King uh, Joash is on the throne, but before he was on the throne, Uh, King Ahaziah was killed. He was a wicked king. And his wicked mother, after his death, decided that she would kill everybody who was heir to the throne. But there was one child that escaped. And in chapter 22, we are told that Jehoshabeth, uh, the daughter of the king, stole him from among the sons that were slain who was Jehoshaphat? she was the wife of Jehoiada the priest. And I remind you of the story of Jehoiada and Joash the king, this child that was stolen who uh, was set to be murdered and he was hid and he was reared in the home of Jehoiada the priest. Scripture tells us that Jehoiada hid him in the house of God for six years. And then the time came in chapter number 23 for them to put the crown on Joash's head and to establish him as king. And if you recall the story, uh, there was no king of that day and Jehoiada took some responsibility upon himself. And the scripture tells us in chapter 23 that it was the priest Jehoiada that was passing out the weapons. So that once it was announced that there was a king, and his name was Joash. And he had been stolen and he was set to be murdered. And he was now the king. The charge was given to defend the new king with your life. And Here is this man Jehoiada who had the responsibilities of the priest he fulfilled. But yet Saul in this little child that who would be king. He saw in this little child who would have been murdered if it had not been for Jehoiada. Who would have never sat on a throne had it not been for Jehoiada. And now they defend the boy king and he comes to age. And scripture tells us that he did a lot of good things. And the word of God was brought back out. And the house of God was established again with the help of Jehoiada. But it never would have happened without Joash the king. Then we find, it's actually our text from last Sunday morning that when Jehoiada died, verse 16 of chapter 24, they buried him in the city of David among the kings. I'll not re-preach that message again, but Jehoiada was given such an honor. They buried him where only kings were buried. But now we find a continuation in our text this morning. We find the same king, the same one who wouldn't have lived past the days of a small child if it had not been for Jehoiada. Now he's on the throne. Now he's calling the shots. And now he's following the advice of others. And it comes down to the son of Jehoiada. God raises up and sends to the king. To testify against him and ask the question, in in, in paraphrasing this morning, why are you standing against God so that he has to stand against you? You need to turn back to God. Or could I say it like this? You need to remember it's not you who puts you where you are, it's not you who controls the blessings. But you need to turn back to God. Our text tells us that that didn't settle very well. It never does with the ungrateful. It never does with those with a heart of ingratitude. They conspired against him and at the word of King Joash, they murder the son of Jehoiada. That is in itself is is bad enough. In the words of our text in verse 22, Joash remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him. Friend, I know that every word in our Bible is there on purpose. I don't think it's a coincidence that God makes that statement in Scripture. And ties it to the murder of the son of of Jehoiada, and he remembered not that it was Jehoiada in his kindness that preserved his life when he took the life of the man's son. He remembered not the kindness of Jehoiada, who was willing to risk everything so that he could have the throne that he sits on. He remembered not the kindness of Jehoiada when when, when he he turned his heart away from God. I can't help but read that text and my mind goes to King David. When he took his throne, he said, are there any heirs of Saul left? Are there any heirs of, of Jonathan? Are there any relatives left? And there is one little crippled man, little crippled boy, that he finds and says, You go get him, and he'll eat from now on from the king's table. What was it? He was grateful for his friend. He was grateful for those who had had a part in his life, and he remembered. It's bad enough that he remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him. But notice. How far this bad attitude of ingratitude took him in verse 22. But slew his son. And when he died, he said, The Lord look upon it and require it. In other words, God do what you will. Because in the heart, in the attitude of ingratitude, Is there anything as evil? Pastor, you're stretched. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because when we're ungrateful for what others have done for us, we're saying their life does not matter. They're saying their sacrifices do not matter. We're saying that the life and the the labor and the work that they've done and the toil and all of the energy that they put in, hey, Pastor, it doesn't matter that you spent your whole life Trying to invest in me. Your life doesn't matter as much as mine. Hey, Mom and Dad, it doesn't matter that you sacrificed to, to keep me in a Bible-believing church so that I can have opportunities, so I could be kept from, from the sin of this world. That doesn't matter the sacrifices you made. It doesn't matter that you used your life, Sunday school teacher, to invest in me. It doesn't matter, Christian friend, uh, that you were always there for me. You prayed for me. Uh, you, you, you did without so that I could have an opportunity to grow as a Christian. Oh, is there anything worse than saying somebody else's life does not matter? That's the bad attitude of ingratitude. I'm going to mention four things I see. Considering the bad attitude of ingratitude, first of all, Jehoiada, or should I say Joash, forgot who saved him. He remembered not. He forgot who saved him. He was going to die. He was set to be no more. And yet, it was the wife of Jehoiada, and then Jehoiada who hid him. He forgot who saved him, and from then the progression was downhill. And can we not make an application this morning, Christian, uh, that when we get this bad attitude of ingratitude, is it not because we have forgotten who saved us? We've forgotten who it was who reached down uh, when we couldn't help ourselves, when we couldn't save ourselves, but loved us enough to send His Son loved us enough to allow somebody to give us the plan of salvation and present the opportunity of salvation. It was God. It was not us that saved us. Young people who have grown up in Christian schools who sit in the service this morning, it it is not by something you deserve. It's by the grace of God. You grew up in the home. You grew up in. It's the grace of God that he gave you a mom and dad that are saved that would present the gospel to you. Oh, don't forget who it is that saves you. You didn't make yourself. You didn't preserve yourself. Hey, Christian, you've been in the house of God for 10 years now and 20 years and 30 years, and it's just not like it used to be. Maybe you have developed the bad attitude of ingratitude, and you've forgotten who it is that saved you. None of us are worthy to be saved. None of us are worthy... To have what we have this morning. None of us are worthy to even speak the name of the Son of God. But yet this morning we can call Him our personal Savior. We can call Him the brother, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We can say, oh, I don't know about Him. I know Him. I remember when I was introduced to Him. I remember when my eternity was changed. Friend, you didn't save yourself. And this morning, if it's easy for you to walk away. From the word of God, the house of God, the people of God, you may have forgotten. You didn't save yourself. You you didn't pull yourself out of the pit of hell. Oh, somebody did it for you. And by the way, in the process, don't, don't forget who introduced you to it. Don't forget who drug you the church. So that you could hear the gospel. Don't forget who it was that nurtured you and helped you when the when, when the enemies and the and the devil himself was gonna try and derail you as a baby Christian before you can get some things established. There was somebody who passed out the spears, if you will, and said, "They're going to come for him before he can get set up. You fight them off, do whatever it takes, so that he has the opportunity to fulfill the will of God." You didn't do it for you didn't do it yourself. He forgot who saved him, and I'll, I'm going to give you the other three because I still have time to preach this morning. But after this, it was over. It was done. There's a few other things for us to learn here this morning. So I'll point that out before I progress to remind us all. Don't get cold when it comes to salvation. Well, those old hymns, they just don't do it for me anymore. Well, what are you singing about? Let's be reminded of our salvation. Well, I just don't feel like, I feel like uh, things just aren't the way that, that I want them to be. and I'm going to want, no, 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 friend. Have you forgotten who saved you? Number two, verse 17. Now, after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them. Notice what happens in verse 18 after he hearkened unto them. They left the house of the Lord God of their fathers. This isn't part of the message, but there is something to it. Young people, when your parents and all of us, when the pastor and others say, you better be careful who you listen to. Because after they listened, in verse 17 and verse 18, and they left the house of the Lord, God of their fathers, and served groves and idols. Wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this their trespass. The second thing. I notice here when it comes to the bad attitude of ingratitude is this, they he followed those who had done nothing for him. Remember he forgot who saved him and now he's following those who had done nothing for him. How many times has this played out in the life of a Christian? You know, let's just apply it to our country today. Those that are trying to take our nation in a different direction and those that are saying, oh, that sounds good to me, those politicians didn't do anything. Those politicians didn't shed any blood. Those politicians have made no sacrifices. Most of them never even worked a real job. That's why it's important for us to be remember how we got here as a nation because we have to remember I'm not going to compromise in that regard because there are those who died so that we could stand where we stand. The same is true in, in, in a church and with Christians. Why, Christian? Listen to me this morning. This could save your life. This could save your spiritual future as far as serving God. Why give an ear to somebody who's never prayed for you who's never helped you, who's who's never brought you to the house of God, who's never stayed up all night and and, and taken care of you when you were sick as a child, who's never interceded on your behalf. Why in the world would you listen to somebody? Who's never done a thing for you. Hey that co-worker. They haven't labored in prayer for you. Hey that, per, that friend that you meet. Out on the internet or otherwise. They have not made sacrifices for you. Why listen to somebody. Who's never done a thing for you. That's what Joash did. Where were the princes of Judah. When his life hung in the balance. Where were the princes of Judah when Jehoiada was risking his life? Stick with those who invest you. Number three, I have to hasten. Not only did they forget and they follow who done nothing for them. Look at verse number 20 again the Spirit of God came unto Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord, that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. They conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king. They failed to bestow honor. Ephah failed to bestow honor on who honor was due. As soon as Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, entered the presence of the king, there should have been some honor bestowed. Out of respect for what his dad did. I used the illustration a while ago of David, King David, and when he was established on the throne, he said, are there any left? found the crippled child, the son of Jonathan, brought him in, set him at the king's table, bestowing honor. Why have we gotten to a point in our lives as Christians and in our nation where we won't give honor to whom honor is due? A criticism you often hear from backslidden people Well, you want to make it all about the man. You want to make it all about God did. I didn't write this Bible. And Jehoiada had been dead for some time. Are you with me? He had been dead. He had been gone and now another generation had been risen up. And he had been gone a generation. And God put in the scripture that he's going to hold him accountable because he didn't remember Jehoiada. God put the emphasis on the one who invested the life. And if no other reason, I want the teenagers to hear me this morning. I want the children to hear me. You want to do right because God is worthy of you doing right with your life. You ought to serve Him all of your days because God is worthy to be served. But you ought to serve Him and you ought to stay faithful for no other reason because of those who have invested in you and those who have given so that you can have and those who, who put you in a position so that you can be saved as a child and save yourselves from the scars and, and, the, and the payment of sin. And for no other reason, you ought to have an attitude of gratitude. I stand where I stand as a Bible preacher because it's right. But I have a little extra incentive. Because I'm not an ingrate. Take this how you want to take it, but there's a new generation who are taking over for their dads in this day. And, and, and they're just, well, I, I'm not going to do what they did. I'm not going to be able. They're They're ingrates. Be grateful. But we find that God dealt with him because he did not bestow honor unto whom honor was due. Jehoiada wasn't there. So he could not bestow honor on Jehoiada. But he had an opportunity to bestow it on his son. If he, I believe if he had just shown a little respect, maybe God would have had a little mercy on him. But he didn't. The fourth thing I'll give you this morning is this. He faced the consequences of God's judgment. We see in verse 23 and verse 24, often as God did, God stirred up the enemies of the people. And that took its toll, but then in verse 25, and when they were departed from him, for they left him in great diseases, his own servants conspired against him for the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest and slew him on his bed and he died. They buried him in the city of David but they buried him not in the sepulchers of the kings. The Bible tells us that the reason why they conspired him and killed him was to avenge the blood of the sons of Jehoiada. His bad attitude of ingratitude was his destruction. Here we're dealing this morning with a subject and with a fault, a sin, a shortcoming that we don't like to give the label, if you will, to the degree that God does. And God takes ingratitude very seriously. Christian, don't be guilty of forgetting. Your salvation. Well, I just I think it's a new day. I just don't want to live that way. I don't want to be committed. Have you forgotten who saved you? Is Christ not worthy of our complete devotion to? Our complete surrender. Hey, if, it's, if it'll please him, I would live my life doing it. Why? Because I wouldn't have a hope without the Lord Jesus Christ. I wouldn't have an eternity without the Lord Jesus Christ. It would be an anguish and suffering for all of eternity. But yet, I have a, an eternal home to look forward to. I have streets of gold to look forward to. I have a perfect body to look forward to. Why in the world would I not live my life serving him just out of gratitude? The rebellious Christian, the Christian this morning that sits at home in front of the television instead of the church house, is ungrateful for their salvation. The child of God who served in a church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church for years and then just turns and walks away. Whatever excuse you want to give, you're ungrateful. Don't forget who saved you. Face the consequences of God's judgment because God takes ingratitude seriously. It didn't turn out for Joash. You turn a few chapters previous, which we've already referred to. Here's this one. What a story! What a story! As vulnerable as vulnerable can be. God spares him because, as the scripture says, somebody else stole him from death. This man Jehoiada takes upon himself for him to get so he can fulfill the will of God. He fights enemies that he only would have had to fight Let me say it like this. He fought battles and enemies he never would have had to fight if he had not been fighting for Joash. Young person, you ought to take that into consideration. Your mom and dad fight battles. They they wouldn't have to fight if it wasn't for you. And I only mentioned that this morning. You just ought to be aware of it. They, They don't look at it as a sacrifice. They don't look at it as a cost, but they do it so that you can have opportunity to do the will of God for your life. You you can think this is self-serving if you want, and that's fine. I'll just call you an ingrate, but you can take it how you want to. But you've got to take in consideration. Before you walk away from the Emmanuel Baptist Church, the hours of labor your pastor puts in to prepare the messages, the unseen hours of prayer fighting battles he never would have to fight I, I don't i don't say that begrudgingly this morning i just say it's what i've chosen to use my life for to invest in other people to invest In every child so they have an opportunity to stay spotted from this world so they can have everything that God has for them. Don't walk away from it. It's the bad attitude of ingratitude. I'm here this morning to tell you that God will hold you accountable. What will destroy this nation is not socialism. It's not communism. But ingratitude. Lack of gratefulness of the men at eighteen, nineteen, and twenty left everything and, and died in a foreign country so that we could be free. It'll not be the squad, it'll not be a Republican or a Democrat Party not be a particular president, it'll be a people with an ungrateful heart, with a bad attitude of ingratitude, that are ungrateful and have forgotten what has been invested. What'll kill a church? Let me tell you what'll kill the Emmanuel Baptist Church, and I, to be honest, I'm aware of it, and I fight it, and I'm thankful God has put us on the journey, He's put us, because it kind of plays against Him. What will kill the Emmanuel Baptist Church is for one generation after they've invested and sacrificed and been faithful for another generation to come up on the scene and not be willing to make the same sacrifice, not be willing to make the same commitment and give the same amount of blood, sweat, and tears to God and just think that it's always been this way. It's an attitude of ingratitude. We've got to be faithful when it comes to our gratefulness morning, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I would encourage you to get that settled today. The child of God, have you forgotten? How did you've been saved so long and cleaned up so well? You forgot it wasn't you that saved you. What do we surrender? God deserves a surrendered life. Maybe you've taken somebody, another Christian, for granted. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher. Young people, maybe it's a Christian mom and dad. I was thinking, as that first group sang, all those ladies all grew up in this church. And I was thinking, there's some in their 20s and their 30s, and I'll stop there. a product of not just parents, but teachers, of friends, of staff, of faithful Christians who said, I'll do my part to make sure the doors are always open, to make sure the opportunity is always there. A young couple today, how could you not? how could you not show your gratitude by your faithfulness let's be grateful god will require he will even it out he will execute justice for the bad attitude of the ingratitude father i pray this morning